we're back. We're with another group of dog guys, and I'm met here with White Knife, Craig Gilchrist, Mike Hartman, Eric Hoover. We're with On Point Outfitters in Addison, Pennsylvania. We do upland bird hunts, bird dog training, and we breed and sell dogs and just try to help people out with all their bird dog needs. So these are your guides that you have here with you? Well, Eric's uh, my business partner, and Craig is our lead dog shit cleaner, and <laughs> and he, I, he does a lot of dog training with me. So, so how, how did this business get its start? How did On Point come about? Vince Smith, my dad Mitch Hartman, and Chuck Groff were hunting game land birds in the uh, late 90s, they banded the birds with monetary value attached. Some were $5, okay. some were $50, some were... They wanted to see what was killing the birds, if it was predators or if it was, you know, hunters. Well, they killed like, I don't know, $800 worth of pheasants that year of banded <laughs> stuff. They decided to put the money back in and buy day-old chicks and start to raise and that's all they did they did they decided not to be chicken farmers they wanted to the season was too short so lease and herc nace's farm they wanted to do enough hunts to pay for the lease then they started to go to sports shows and everything else and it just slowly turned into a business the dog training come hand in hand with uh with the hunts people coming with their own dogs struggling needed help so they started training dogs and it just snowballed into you know the business that it is today so you were born and you you come about this kind of like i did your dad was an outfitter you yep. guys kind of i remember we were the only you're you had a pickup with a crazy ass dog walks and yeah, me, so yeah. do i all growing up yeah how it all how i got into it was i was watching the neighbor's dog an english setter and a beagle well the beagle got loose and bred the english setter while the the neighbors went on vacation and they didn't know the dog was pregnant so it, i was like 10 and I go up the one morning, and there's a litter of puppies on the ground. They went and did a trip out west, and this was before cell phones, so couldn't get a hold of them. So there, I raised for two weeks these puppies. For, then I kept a pup out of it. That was my first bird dog. Was an English Sutter Beagle mixed. Whenever the business started, we guided with him and everything else. He was a great dog, you know. But that's that's how I started into it. Was with that. I've been in it like nine years now. Uh, prior to that, you you have kids, you hunted all that, and you got kids and. I coached kids for like 17 years, and they, as they grew out of the sport, I kind of got bored and went to a chucker challenge with a young friend of mine from work, and I said, you know, I think I can do that. I think I like it. I looked all over the country for a dog the first one. Found one in West Virginia, brought it home, and I have six GSPs and an American pointing lab. So how many years have you been doing this dog training? Nine. How did you get started in that? Well, I've always been... Uh, a dog guy. I actually started out coon hunting with my grandfather and my uncle. Coons were worth some money back then. Yeah, they were. So, yeah, so you were just raised around dogs. Yes. kind of. Yes. This isn't too far from where I grew up, just a few miles down the road. And Mikey and I, actually, we did a lot of sports and things together growing up. And this area is pretty big on hunting. We have a lot of, it's strange, the amount of people that come to our part of the country of Montana from this area and the local area around here. So everybody's got a favorite breed of dog, and I know there's so many. You guys can go over some of the dogs that you run, pointers. You, I was asking you earlier what you wanted me to call them, and you have the, You said there's... There's pointing dogs and flushing dogs, yeah. and uh, there's breeds of each. You know, I'm an English pointer guy. Yeah. Craig's a short hair guy. Numerous different 
types of dogs you know there's a big rivalry between all of them it's like arguing fords and chevys you know there's but there's you know great dogs in each breed it's interesting though to to hear different different takes and the arguing back and forth and banner that goes on between different dog breeds and with the owners and stuff it it makes it fun too i think yeah we finally got mikey to the short side with Uh, one this year well he got we'll have to wait and see if he makes the cut she's pretty good she's pretty good she wouldn't wouldn't be here if she (laughs) was so she's evidently a young dog you guys this dog start young is that what you like you prefer in a dog definitely start them young i if i can it depends on the dog's personality if you get a you know a bold confident gritty dog you can start them earlier than a softer dog and uh, but we normally start around 15 weeks just putting them on pigeons building that drive yeah it takes birds to make a bird dog so we just there's no f- real formal training we just want them to have fun build the drive get them on birds build their confidence up then we go into formal training as they get older a lot of it goes on the dog's personality it's where a lot of people make mistakes they think your dog has to be doing this at this age i don't agree with that i think it goes off benchmarks if your dog's doing something at six months you can move on to the next thing if that dog isn't doing whatever it is by eight months you can't move on from that you don't want to have to go back you want to keep pushing that dog forward in their development so there's a strict rule of commands and you you guys's dogs are within sight of you the yes. whole entire time so you're keeping control of that animal where as i only have control of my dog handling it in and out of the truck and i turn that thing loose and it's gone on its own i mean i have it could do whatever it wants. You guys just have to have complete control of your dog, so it's a lot of handling. I know it has to be. Yeah, it definitely is, and it different. The way you hunt, there's different types of bird dogs. There's trial dogs that you want to let them range a little bit more. Then you have foot hunting dogs that people just want to go to the game lands or a shooting preserve, and they they have to listen a lot better than our guide dogs have to be. Yep. On par they have to listen they have to be uh very very biddable because nobody wants to watch a 30 dollar pheasant get bumped 200 yards away whenever you know whenever they're paying for it so we keep our there are dogs that we guide with are very biddable they're very they listen great they have to there's they won't be out there going we can't afford to no it's it's totally different when it becomes your passion becomes pay i mean that dog Mm -hmm. has to perform you're I, a lot of guys, they like to ask, well, how old a dog should be before it's performing? If I have a dog that's two years old and it's not, they're half wore out when they're two for yeah. me. I mean, they, <laughs> right. they better be doing their business or I can't afford to keep them around in a hunting outfit where I rely on them. They're not only a tool. I mean, we love them, but they have to pull their weight. And I see so many people, they will spend time on a dog that doesn't have what it takes usually to meet the muster and i know your muster has to be a lot higher for your guiding dogs your dogs that are actually here at your outfit it it definitely does i keep my standard high it makes me a better trainer and dog handler and if they don't make the cut i don't want them in my breeding program got to get them down the road they don't make no money if they're just sitting in the kennel that opens up another topic your your breeding program um i take it you guys breed your own dogs dogs that you've had that have been proven to themselves is it better for you to breed dogs then buy outsource to someone we have a lot of dogs that goes back to when my dad and vince started and i have dogs that go directly back to the first dogs that we bought and i love the characteristics especially in my english pointers i mean but you have to go out and you have to buy outside you don't because you can't 
you can't be get breeding too tight. So we always, uh, and I look for certain traits when I'm going to buy a dog. Uh, genetics make a make everything. I always say, you know, I'm five foot six, 210 pounds. I'm not going to go play in the NBA. It has to meet a physical standard before it can even yeah get on the team. As you're saying, it makes it a whole lot easier if they have the tools to get you there. It makes my job easier. If you breed dogs that aren't, the genetics aren't great, your litters are gonna be inconsistent. You may have three dogs that perform, but then you have four washouts, and I I don't wanna be selling people low quality dogs. Our name's on them. Name's on them. We have a good reputation with dogs. I try not to sell anybody, anything that I wouldn't be afraid to go to the game lands and go kill birds with, you know, so. We try to keep that standard high. So say Walker and I, we're wanting to get into get an upland game bird dog. Well, they look up on your Facebook or your social media webpage, and you hunt with them to kind of, so you're not giving them something, maybe a high-caliber dog, even though they got money that it's... Yeah, no, I, I want everybody to see what, what, they're, what the father, mother and father look yeah. like. And even if they don't buy a dog for me, if you're going to buy, I don't care if it's a coon hound, a beagle, a bird dog... <laughs> You want to see the parents hunt. If the parents don't hunt, I mean, you're really handicapping yourself yeah. on getting a, getting a good dog. And, and I tell everybody that. But I also help a lot of people pick dogs, and that's yeah. what I tell them. You need to go and see the parents that's hunt. That's what I was getting at. You're really you're, you're getting the people's personality and trying to match them up yeah. with a dog that they can be successful with. We don't have a lot of – we're not a big breeding kennel. We only have one or two litters a year. It's not like we're throwing out yeah. dogs and dogs and dogs. So You don't have a puppy mill here? No, we don't have a puppy <laughs> yeah. mill. We're regulated. The dog warden comes. So, you know, we try to keep – you know, our, our kennels are clean. You know, we have to keep up with them. Uh, I have to sign in. Every dog gets in the place. We have to make sure that we have all the uh, vet records. If they're out-of-state yeah. dogs, we have to have health certificates. There's a lot that goes on to having – you know, board and training program here. How many tons of dog food do you think you go through? We go through uh, uh, tons and tons of dog food. You know, it's unreal. Our feed boat make people's heads spin, that's for sure. How many dogs do you have here? We can have up to 16 here. So, yeah, we feed feed quite a few dogs, so we're going through some going through some food people misconception of dogs is they have to be fat to be healthy we get it a lot of times people don't know what a dog that's in shape looks like and exactly they'll look at your dog and they're like that dog you need to feed that dog a dog's in shape you're like not this dog. isn't your 130 pound lab that sits on the couch so walker whenever you were lion hunting this year we had we were getting the dogs in shape now we don't have the opportunity to run our dogs like you do and get them in shape we go right into hunting season archery and rifle and the dogs sit dormant for almost two and a half months and we'll go for horse rides and things like that and we were taking the dogs for a horse ride they started an animal and they got away from us we were trying to tone them and get them back but in a rush of getting ready and going we didn't charge the collars and a bunch of stupidness we're riding horses for fun we've got cowboy boots on I mean, we look like John Wayne. We're not, mm-hmm. we're not prepared at all to chase a dog through the woods. Neither of us have headlamps. We get to the dogs well after dark, and the only thing that Walker could see is he could see my watch. Yep. <laughs> and the one dog was white, so she would follow the game trails, and we would kind of just watch the white dog a few feet in front of us and follow her down off the mountain for yeah. miles and miles. And one thing that Walker said to me when we were going in there, he's like, those dogs know that you will be there for them wherever the track ends like you they know that you're going to come for them and that much that 
Dude, it like touched me a little bit. Like it is a big thing that the dogs they do trust you, and I guarantee it's the same bond that you guys have with yours. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. Craig had one get out on him today, and I had to chase it around the farm for an hour because it didn't have an e collar. <laughs> he hadn't been out for a while. Yeah, yeah. He didn't. We got him back, but yeah, he was definitely he's he going made, hunting. He was hunting. We went for. I hopped on the side by side, and we went for a lap. You know, <laughs> that was Mike's dog. It was mine. He didn't come back. <laughs> So we run GPS collars. Uh, do you guys find it necessary to run a GPS collar, or is it just a... It depends where I'm at. If I'm guiding here, not necessarily. Uh, if I'm hunting out west or in the north woods for grouse in Michigan. Michigan, first off, there's wolves. And everybody yeah. that has any type of hunting dog knows if you don't have track of your dogs and you're in wolf tra- country, it is bad news. There's horror stories left and right of people losing dogs. With bird dogs, it's not as crucial to be, if you cut a wolf track, I'm not terrified because my dogs stay closer, but I know hound, houndsmen, it, you, you see a wolf track, you're avoiding that like the plague. Yeah, yeah, we cover so much ground. I mean, the dog, I've seen over 20-mile races Yeah. before the dogs will be stopped with whatever game they're pursuing. And sometimes it takes you three, four hours to yeah. get around there. A lot can happen in that amount of time. A lot of, of bad news can happen whenever it's that much time. It, it just it amazes me how much ground a hound can cover compared to a bird. Now, now a bird dog covers ground, but I'm used to constantly seeing my dog and having control over him. Where it takes a little bit for me to wrap my mind around just letting him row, letting yeah. him go, you know. Yeah. And you find them whenever they're bait up or whatever, you know. I, I think it's amazing. Our dogs are subpar on their training compared to yours. I can teach my dogs to handle, and with the new GPS systems, I don't really use a lead strap very much except to tie the dogs back if we're going to kill the animal. If not, I just let them on the tree, and we pull them off of it, and they'll follow us back out of the woods to our truck. But you guys have to do so many more commands. I mean, I teach my dog to load up, and that's about the full extent of it. I mean, I don't have to go into extensive training. I hunt my dogs. I'm fortunate with other dogs that are already met a standard of mine so i just take puppies and they either make the cut i don't teach them to hunt i can't they either have it in them or they don't it's kind of like we were talking about guides like they just have a different mentality and our dogs have to just have that click i can't i can't teach it into them and i'm sure that you can show these dogs constant birds by buying things like that instead of trying to go make them catch an animal ours have to like they have to actually run to pursue and see what they're going to be catching. Or I can spend years on a dog that doesn't do anything, and they never understand what they're running except for the scent. The game makes the dog, that's for sure. No matter what kind of, if it's a bird dog or a hound, you have to, they have to be, birds make a bird dog. We have an advantage to where we can use homing pigeons. And the reason why we use homing pigeons is they fly back to the coop. So it's we can use one them. use. Yeah, we yeah, use them right. over and over and over and over again. It saves a lot of money on on training or bird fees you know how, how do you train those it's natural it's natural really? you know it's like a dog pointing you don't teach him the point yeah the biggest thing is we start them out we try to get pigeons that haven't been flown before then you leave them in the coop for like a month and whenever you start them you just fly them real close you, once you get a coop established the older pigeons kind of teach the younger pigeons and you just let them go and they, they just they come back we can buy our game whether it be quail chucker pheasants and and get them on that but nothing makes a, a bird dog better than wild birds where there's yeah. no human scent you take them out you get them on I'm wild sure. wild game unfortunately pennsylvania there's there's no grouse like there were 20 years ago when we were in 
high school, Josh. I mean, I didn't know what we had compared to now. So that's why we travel out west so much. On my personal time, you know, we, we go to Michigan, South Dakota, North Dakota, just to get our the dogs on wild game. I hear stories of guys hunting chuckers in the high mountains, and it appeals to me. I could get into that. I could think. I'm, you guys are billy goats, though. Oh, yeah. I'm a short, fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> you could do that. So I brought up chuckers because I want to know a little bit about them because that's that's what they hunt in our area in yeah. these high mountains well, a lot. Yeah, chuckers, they definitely are like a desert rocky bird. Yeah. And, you know, or, that's or, the deal. you know, pheasants and grouse, you know, everybody goes and hunts sharp tails and, and huns in september but in the bird dog world i still say pheasants definitely my favorite and i think the majority of the people's favorite and a grouse is right there too you know rough grouse those two are are definitely the the two most popular whenever we hunt wild pheasants you can't talk you can't can't even close your car can't close your they'll fly off really yeah (laughs) Yeah. so i we laughed one time they heard me uh take the foot off the gas pedal and they started flying out of the field (laughs) i mean they get hunted so hard though we're hunting all public land and those birds are getting harassed from the beginning of october till the last day of january and it's not a question if that field got hunted that day it was when so you can't talk you can't blow a whistle you can't be screaming at your dogs because you'll watch the far end of the field them birds are blowing out and you'll watch hundreds of them go out before you even get to it that's something that goes, i wouldn't yeah. have thought of um, oh yeah 100 percent. well that goes back to like you were saying the gps are regular around here when i got i got a 550 and i put a toner on them okay well you can't run a toner yeah, you out put there. that beeper on out there then I mean, that you're Birds just, gone. yeah, so the GPS is great, so you know where your dog is. Really, the it's tone all, will yeah. scare him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That that's adds a lot of it. I mean, we always talk about animals getting used to being dogged, especially lions and bears, and they get very smart. And it comes down to an individual animal and that is being savvy to it. But it, it's crazy to think that whole fields of birds oh, yeah. get. Oh, oh, yeah. You can't be matched. When you guys are traveling and you're talking about going west and hunting in the fall and that, you're wanting to go hunt a harder animal to catch or, or to yeah, it's, move they're, with they're, your dogs. They're wild. They're not, you know, they're not pen-raised liberated birds. They're, they were born and raised and they're wild. There's nothing a human has done to them. Predatory instinct to yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. So we have what they call a spruce grouse and it's the dumbest thing <laughs> alive. The bird hunting in our area would be unreal i would like to see you guys come out to our area sometime and bring those dogs in yeah so now i guarantee this is a big topic with your dog's gun shyness absolutely there's two things with a bird dog you have to have they have to like the birds and they have to like the gun if you don't have either one of them you don't have anything i started out building the drive with a homing pigeon I, I before i study up a pointing dog i like to get them past the gun because that hard drive and chase is there and whenever you steady a dog up they have to hold point so they can lose focus off the game if they hear something so what i do whenever they're puppies we take and we throw birds and we let them chase them i start clapping whenever that bird's flying just to get used to the noise then we get starter pistols 22 crimps and we start from a distance whenever that dog points if it's a flushing dog same thing we just let it fly whenever they're chasing that bird their focus is on the bird we start making the noise firing the cap gun if the dog doesn't respond there's no bad juju or whatever we move closer until we're right over top then we get to the point to where we're shooting a cap gun over top we reward that dog by shooting the bird that way they can get their teeth into it tear it up it becomes a good thing the gun's a good thing because the bird's a good thing they're going hand in hand so that's how we start it and it works i will say with bird dogs 95 percent of the time 
that a dog is gun shy, it's the owner screwed up. Yeah. And dogs don't lie. People come in and they, they tell me things, you know, I'm like, well, what did you do? Oh, we didn't do anything. I'm like, no. Dogs, the most honest thing, they're the yeah. most honest thing in the world. I can tell if they, you know, shocked a dog while they're on point or whatever. If they start blinking birds or whatever, they either rough that dog up too quick trying to get them steady, shock them on birds, whatever. Because a dog doesn't lie. People lie. Dogs don't lie. The best tool in the toolbox is the e-collar, but it's the most misused tool there is. Yep. And it, some people shouldn't shouldn't touch them. Go to somebody, whether it's me or anybody else, if they want to get their dog started on an e-collar, make sure you are with somebody that knows what they're doing. You just don't throw a collar on and start wailing on them. you got to do a little bit of teaching. A collar is made to correct a known command, not teach a command, you know. So that's the biggest thing I see with a lot of guys with collars. They really overuse them at first whenever they shouldn't. We don't shock dogs. We stimulate I never shock a dog. <laughs> I've stimulated a few, but I don't shock them. Exactly. I've stimulated a few for running elk myself. Deer, yeah. yeah it, it happens. They run off game. So do your guys' dogs bumping off game? I mean, from time to time. I'm sure the sight chasing, <coughs> the excitement of it. It happens, I'm sure. Most definitely, whether it be a rabbit, deer, whatever, bear. And that's another thing, you know. You can save a lot of terrible situations if you get a dog running a bear or whatever, coyote, getting close to a road. You can save a terrible situation from happening. Uh, I had, this is going way back, one of the, the very first hunt that On Point Outfitters did, Chuck Roth guided it, and his dog got completely spooked, and it was, didn't know why. Well, they started up the field, and there was a bear in the field, and it that dog didn't you know didn't it knew, like didn't bear. like that bear and it she completely shut down and then they had to you know it ended up coming around but it was like this is our this is the very first time that this you know that and this dog's not doing you know not doing <laughs> yeah, anything yeah. i mean it was like what is going on you know but we've come a long way since then that's for sure yeah so to lay out the lodge we come into a front room with some mounts and uh, a desk and things and now you have like this is where you guys serve lunch yeah we can cater uh the food then you know the sign-in room we come in you know yeah. you sign in then you can relax there's a fireplace in here relax yeah. after the hunt you a know. lot of bs and takes a lot place of bs and you know yeah. riding riding people for the missus oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. that old time bragging rights you know it, that's what makes it fun if you it if does. you ain't doing that then you're not having a good time you guys if somebody's staying and wants to do a multiple day hunt or traveling a far distance we can definitely get them hooked up with things someplace and someplace nice my sister has a bed and breakfast to stay at there's a lot of dog friendly places you can board your dog here if you can't find a dog friendly place we have a kennel set up you know there's a lot of options it's easier to sell that hunt whenever you can get the whole family out here exactly. and go do something in a high power some of the attractions close to here while dad or whoever's into the hunting comes and spends the day with you guys what's nice about what we can do is mom and the kid could walk along if they wanted to and see what's going on you know they don't have to carry a gun to come along we deal with minimum guns compared to you guys i know the last time when i come to talk to you about doing this you said you were shot at your front desk Mm -hmm. yes (laughs) so i always tell everybody you know you're gonna we try to hunt in a straight line so so you're not in a line somebody will get dick cheney and shot in the face (laughs) so we try to stay in a straight line People 
unloading and loading. You know, we're we're shooting a lot. It's not like you guys where you, you one shell in a gun, yeah. they get to shoot one time. We're shooting constantly. So I really watch people loading. You know, yeah. make sure your muzzle's always safe whenever you load and make sure your fingers off the trigger. I don't know how many times with people with over and unders they keep their they're not paying attention. They had the finger on the trigger, they shut the action and kaboom you know and it's just like i had a guy do it the other day down here walking down in, and i'm like what is going on i'm sitting at the desk and they're down at the bottom of the of the hill here and they just shot you know 20 yards from the from the lodge here you know and it's just like what are you doing and just not paying attention i can only imagine some of the clientele because i deal with 20 clients in a fall you guys are dealing with hundred plus. And <laughs> we we see a lot of inexperienced hunters. I mean, That's, we see. Yeah. I don't know if you guys do or not, or if you see a lot of experienced hunters. To be honest with you, being in the business we are, we get a lot of experienced hunters in archery season. Um, we get some first timers in rifle, but for the most part, our area it can be okay for a beginner hunter, but it can be a waste of money if they're not willing to think of it as a learning experience for the future years it's just it can be shock and all if you don't know what to expect your first time out west so yeah mikey you've had guys show up from the resort oh yeah tennis uh, shoes on I i'm sure yeah. i've never shot a gun before so <laughs> yeah. we take them down to the we'll trap range of that. you know show yeah. them how to load the gun and put safety and just shoot at target i would much rather deal with somebody that doesn't know what they're doing and is willing to learn <laughs> than somebody that thinks they know everything yes. our worst group is the 20 and 30 year old dudes that are on a bachelor hunt because they just want to kill everything they make a competition out of it not listening to you because they know everything those are the worst groups those are the absolute worst groups to deal with i would much rather teach a, a woman to, to to hunt than a man too they listen a lot they better. Listen. I mean, they, they're so worried about screwing up, and they want to do everything right, where a man thinks they know everything. And, I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna hear about this, but it's true. I mean, it's 100% true. Uh, teaching, teaching a girl or, or a woman how to, how to do something with a gun or hunting is way easier than teaching a, a dude who thinks he knows everything. I had a guy, he had a old action 16 gauge you could tell he never was it was his, it was like his grandfather's gun or uncle's gun and he wasn't much of a hunter and he was trying to load it and he had the muzzle pointed into his stomach trying to load the thing and i'm like give me that and i had to go over like you're putting one shell in the gun and you're gonna walk beside me and you know it's just crazy gun safety should be taught in every school whether you are for it or against guns to be ignorant on such a subject is asinine to me they're not going away you should understand it you don't have to agree with everything but you should understand how yeah. a gun works and you know and that's a thing it's just a tool that guy you can lay a gun on the table it's not going to shoot somebody until somebody puts their hands on it there's a lot of places across the united states that people freak out when they see that gun it's like a grizzly bear being in their house or a poisonous snake my kids are so used to seeing guns that they just gun <coughs> safety and being around them is a part of everyday life and i think we take that a lot for granted the most nervous i get in the field is not the single pheasant, but the single chucker. We have so many birds roaming the grounds that you'll get in and there'll be 12 of them come up. You got five hunters, 12 birds, and they're flying everywhere. And I mean, I kind of just duck when they, when they quit shooting. I look up, did you get in? 
When we go into a tree, we tie the dogs back. It's very, very regimental. But we dictate one person's going to run a handgun to protect hounds, and then you have the shooter, and that's it. So you have to worry about two guns. You guys got guns slinging around. There's guns everywhere. I have a million horror stories of guide and have barrels fly past me, uh, people shooting too close to dogs. Uh, I've never, knock on wood, I've never had a dog shot, but I've had people that shoot their, shot their own dogs here just being stupid, you know never had anybody kill their own dog but we really have to watch what we do and you know we don't crowd people here but it's our responsibility to make sure everybody's safe and if you ever crowd people here you're gonna have bad things happen what kind of numbers are we talking that you run in a year's time like oh uh, we i can tell you bird numbers better than i can hunters uh we go through about 10 to twelve thousand birds we release a year hunters i mean we're going through on a busy week, over 100 hunters a week. It depends on group. We can take six per group. You know, on a busy Saturday, we run six groups in the morning and six groups in the afternoon. That's 72 hunters if we're completely full. So how many, how many guides? We have about 10 guys that, that help out. I got three boys right now that's cleaning birds for me, and they do all right. You know, on a Saturday, they'll pull in pretty good pretty good chunk of change for not even having a driver's license yeah, and coming and hunt it kind of kind of makes you the clients take care yeah of they I mean, see them kids know. working and we have the best clients in the world you know they they definitely they love seeing them boys do what they do and they take care of them very well which i'm glad they do it's that's how it yes. should be so these guys like we do an apprentice program where they would be our packers and those are you're like manicuring them hopefully that they come on your business with hounds and that i guess yeah. or yeah. With, with dogs eventually exactly yeah our apprentice program is shoveling dog crap <laughs> <laughs> that's where you start that's where it starts no but those you know those those three boys they're here more than the majority of our gods you know they 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 started out you know they they we plant birds we have we're putting takes so we plant birds so how they start out with is they help us catch birds in the morning uh, they help us plant birds, and they clean birds. But that's how they learn. And all three of them help with the dog training. So those three boys understand bird dogs. You know, it takes a lot of behind-the-scenes work to make any guide outfit go. And it takes manpower and a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that nobody sees. They just think you go out and hunt. You two know that is not the case. They all think that you just go out and you start this out of thin air. But there's a lot of hoops that you have to jump through with regulations and, and insurances and crazy stuff behind the scenes that you just don't understand yeah. that's the business aspect. So this is a regulated, your property here in your hunting area is a regulated yes. shooting. That has to be certified through the state. I take it something yeah. of that nature. Yeah, we, uh, we have a license through uh, the Pennsylvania Game Commission, and we have to obey every game law except the season yep. and the bag limit. So if a guy wants to come shoot 30 pheasants, no problem. He has to buy his hunter his no, hunting license. I, no, we don't have to. You don't have to have a hunting license to hunt here. Okay. But you know he has to wear the 250 square inches of orange on the head and the in the back. Okay. You know the, all the all the rules as far as that go apply. Do you see a Do you see a certain age group in your hunting? Uh, it's getting older, but we are getting some younger. We we do youth youth hunts uh, for pheasants forever. And we definitely see, you know, try to get young people involved because if they're young people don't get involved, it's going to die pretty quick. That that was amazing. Uh, whenever we come up here, you threw some clay birds for the kids. Yeah. I mean, some gun safety. They didn't even know they were getting gun safety 
uh, the kids didn't. They thought they were learning to shoot clay birds, but I could tell everybody was up there kind of reading them, seeing what was going to go on. Yeah. It, it was pretty neat how you guys structured that. Yeah, it, you got to be structured when you're dealing with that many kids. Whenever you put a bunch of kids through, you're teaching them and they don't even know they're getting taught. That's, you know, it's, it was interesting. Yeah. There's a bunch of moving parts to this that you wouldn't see <laughs> if you just come to hunt birds. You yeah. wouldn't see all the, the cages. The I'm, All those animals have to be fed. I mean, oh, there's yes. a lot of... There's yeah. always something to do. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Eric, you tractor driver? Uh-huh. Head tractor driver. Uh-huh. Eric takes care of the farm. He does everything, and it looks great. We get a lot of compliments about it. He does a great job. And you see how much goes in behind the scenes here, and these guys are talking about it. You know that they're not just BSing to take your money. I mean, they're... It's a lot of work, and we want to do a good job, so we put the time in and try to do the best that we can. So you got a place where they can contact you? Um, yeah, you can get on our website. It's uh, www.onpointoutfitters.com. Uh, our phone numbers and contact information is there, and we also have a Facebook page. It's uh, On Point Outfitters. You guys got a great facility going here. Um, it was raining this morning, but Walker and I are going to come back, and uh, we're going to do some shooting of some birds with you. And Sounds good. Sounds great. Yeah, it'd be interesting. We'll, we'll get those footage and stuff up when we uh, put the podcast on. But I'd like to thank you guys very much for sitting down with us and taking time out of your day. Uh, uh, we appreciate you guys yeah, coming. Thank it was you. It a good time. Yeah.